I've made a lane for myself. I've opened doors. I've opened doors, right? Without people opening doors for me. There's a lot of people that have helped me. Absolutely. There's a lot of people that did open doors for me, but there was a lot of closed doors until I was like, no, 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 this door is going to open. And if you don't open it, I'm making a door right next to you and I'm going to open it. Hi, amigos. Welcome back to another episode of the Journey of Pursuit podcast. Today's guest is my friend Renata. She is a film actress born and raised in Miami from Chilean and Italian parents. She is a multi-passionate entrepreneur born with the performance gene. She started her career as a professional dancer performing on network television, award shows, and touring with award-winning artists. Renata is a true creative, an actress, creative director, stylist, fashion content creator, and published pinup model. I loved this conversation with Renata because we touched upon some points that I feel I have recently been talking a lot about on my socials and with my friends and my loved ones and it's this topic of being multi-passionate and how it's okay to love more than one thing. It was such a great conversation to have with another multi-passionate who is also from Miami, also has Latino and European parents and it was just such a great way to feel like I'm not alone in this and that there are also a lot of other multi-passionate people. Without further ado, please welcome my friend Renata. Welcome to the pod, fellow amiga. Thank you so much. I'm so excited. I'm so excited to have you on. I actually realized as I was getting ready for our episode that we share a lot of similar things. Like we're multi-passionate, we're from Miami, we're Latina and European. Yes, a lot of things. <laughs> a lot of things. I love that. I love that. I think, I mean, I've gotten to know you over the past few months and I've loved everything you've shared, all your content, your vibes, everything. I'm so excited for people to get to know you better. Thank you so much. It's been great getting to know you as well. You're doing <laughs> so many great things. I'm excited. Oh, thank you. Well, likewise. All right. So tell me a little bit about what you do what what sets you what sets your soul on fire what's something that really just makes you feel like you're doing the right thing you're in your moment in your salsa in my salsa honestly just being able to create with no barriers so I sang for a few years as well and till I decided to fully just focus on dancing And then when it was time to retire, I said, I can't give this, I can't give up art, period. It doesn't matter the medium. Honestly, just living and breathing art is my salsa. (laughs) And if I can do that for the rest of my life and not worry about anything else, that would be honestly a dream come true. I love that. I feel the same. When you are doing what you love, it's like nothing else matters. You can continue doing that for the rest of your life. Yes, absolutely. I mean, I've been creating art since I was a little girl in different forms. So, and I, I got myself through college through art as well. And I just want to go through life that way, you know, be able to sustain a family that way, you know, and just retire that way. That's <laughs> the dream. People, yeah. <laughs> That's the dream. Can you talk a little bit about how your creativity has progressed? Like you said that you've kind of been doing this your whole life. So what's something that really has progressed in your career or your creativity since you've started when you were younger? 
Okay, so I, I come from a family of artists. My mother is a painter, so is my grandmother. And my great-grandfather was a poet. So there's a, there's a lot of art. A lot of my cousins are makeup artists, painters, dancers. So I started my journey as an artist, as a little girl painting. So visual arts. And I went to a magnet school for art and then photography as well. And then I found my passion for basically movement and I became a dancer and I was a gymnast also for 10 years. So I was dancing and I was also a gymnast. And then I got injured in gymnastics and I completely changed my route and I went full time to dancing and I danced professionally for 15 years. I've been dancing since I was, I want to say seven years old. And fully full time when I think I'd be, I would think I was 12 or 13. I went to, I quit gymnastics and then that. And I was a professional dancer basically up until 28 when I retired. But in between my whole career, I always did musical theater. So I also trained with musical theater, a lot of acting, obviously musical theater consists of acting as well, singing. I also dab, I went to school for music as well. Let me full-time immerse myself into acting because acting is a medium that you doesn't matter what you look like it doesn't matter how old you are and you can do it for the rest of your life when dancing you can't there's an age limit there's there's a lot of limits there eventually you know so yeah that's what I do I mean I still do a lot of photography I creative direct as well I creative direct a lot of shoots I also style a lot of people. I had a clothing line and I was the designer for the clothing line for seven years. So there's a lot, a lot of things in there. Yes. So basically I just love art. <laughs> I love what you said, everything that you said about everything that you do, because I think sometimes, and I've talked about this before on the podcast, I've talked about it on my socials and we've talked about it too, but being multi-passionate sometimes can be seen as someone being confused. It's like not knowing what they want to focus on but I think lately people have realized that it's okay to love one more thing you know it's okay to love many things at once and to focus your attention on those things that you love to create and I think it happens mostly to creative people who which I think everyone's creative but people that really dedicate their lives to creating something I think it just consumes them. Like they want to do it all the time. And so what would you say to someone or to yourself? Like, what do you think about that term multi-passionate and having many things that you love to do and focus on? I love the word multi-passionate. I, I, like you said, I've always struggled because I've always done so much. And I felt that in my life, I had to focus on maybe a few things and I would say that's why I transitioned to to working as a professional dancer then pursuing musical theater and singing because I felt like the world and my my trainers and my coaches and my teachers were like you're never going to be fully good at something if you don't 100 percent put your all into it so I kind of agree with that but I don't because I feel that if you are a true not, I don't want to say a true artist, but I feel like if you are multi-talented, okay, art in different mediums comes easy to you, you know, and to be able to see which type of art fulfills you in different 
parts of your life or areas in your emotion or your mind and your soul, I think it's a great way to keep inspired in all the other mediums that you do want to focus on. I don't think you should do everything, but I, I do think that you should see what you're good at, see what you love and not put yourself in a box. I don't think that we're meant to be in a box. I started reading a book called Marie, uh, the writer is Marie Furlow. She's a multi-passionate entrepreneur. I read her book and she's the one reading her book made me realize it was okay to be multi-passionate. Yeah, it really, because I always felt it was like a big deal that I, I'm like, I'm a dancer, I'm a singer, I'm a model, I'm an actress, I'm all these things. But people are like, but what, what are you number one, you know? So she really helped me figure that out, that it was okay. And also I think with, with growth and with age, I was able to really see and know that I love art and 100% know that this is my passion and also really know what mediums I want to focus on as a career and lifetime essence in my life and which other mediums I want to do as a pastime, as a way to, to fill my cup up, a way to get re-inspired and not make it as this is also the way I make a living, you know? This is crazy because we really are the same person because <laughs> I just finished reading her book, Everything is Figure Outable. Yes, so good. <laughs> and I felt the same way. I felt like, oh my gosh, this is the first entrepreneur that I see that is talking about being multi-passionate and yeah. like understands me because I felt the same way people always told me like focus on one thing you know you're really good at this so keep going and that was always music for me and mm -hmm. until I fell in love with podcasting I was like wait but I really love this too like how do I you know can I do both can I, yeah. can I dedicate my life to doing all the things that really light me up and of course I realized like you said with age I think too that really helps you just realize what makes you happy and you don't you don't second guess that you don't put that aside and I realized too, that not doing the things that were really calling me actually made me more confused than yeah. as if I was actually just doing all the things I loved and was intrigued by, or was calling my attention by not doing those things. And, you know, just following what people were telling me, I felt more confused rather than now where I'm doing so many of the things that I love and I'm not choosing one or the other. I'm just really pouring my heart into all of them. I feel like myself. I don't feel confused. You're realizing what works for you or, or what where your gravitational pull goes to more. You know, like so for me, dance is my first love. It will always be my first love as as an art. I appreciate it. I am it is it's something that's so much a part of me, you know, but it was something that now in my life it is my first love and my past love I will always appreciate it. I was always I will always see it with such honor but it's something that I no longer feel that I need to use it through my through my instrument right music as well music for me is everything it's it maybe is my first love as well you know I mean because you just music is everything. So for me, a part of music, it's not something now that I feel like I need to be part of that industry or want to sing or anything like that. No, it's something that I just need in my everyday life that I use when I'm sad, that I use when I'm happy, that I use when I want to be distracted, that I use when I want to dance. It's something that I can never be gone from. Styling, 
fashion. Fashion is the way that I express myself. It's the way that I've always expressed myself. It's the way that I will keep expressing myself. I dress according to how I feel, how my mood is. So one day you will see me as the most glamorous pinup in the world with all this vintage stuff. And then the next day you're going to see me like a homeless person. Cause that's how I feel, you know, and it's okay. Some days you're going to see me super street, super thugged out. And then another day I'm going to look like a cute girl going to brunch, you know, but styling was something that I dabbled in because I'm good at it naturally. And I had a lot of clients, but I realized I don't really want to exchange that as a service. I want to just do it as an expression of self only. But that took that took me some time. I was working at, uh, I was working two years as a stylist, uh, creating clothing. I did it for seven years. I realized I love creating concepts. I love shooting the marketing, the campaign. I love creating the designs, but I don't want to be competing with new styles every month. I don't want to be on top of this fashion world that's terrible and destroying our, our world, but I still appreciate art, but I don't want to be in that monster trying to create new things every month to compete with other people. That kills my expression of art in me through fashion. So fashion is just something I will dress myself, but it's not something I want as a career, correct? And then acting. Acting is something that is therapeutic for me. It, it takes me, it, it is a great way to see other people have empathy for other people's stories, channel myself through other people's lives and, and, and really show empathy to other humans. And it's a way to to share stories to the world that need to be told. And, and I think for me, it's the way that my instrument feels so much more alive right now, because in a moment in time, you are somebody's therapy, you are somebody's therapy in every, in every way, if you make them laugh, if you share them a story that they needed to hear, because maybe they went through the same thing that they're watching, and seeing a different perspective, you know, or just a form of entertainment at the moment you know so for me it's 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 something I can never get rid of but it's something that I know that I can do for a living that I can fully be happy with it and not feel that I'm pushing something that's not natural for me you know so <laughs> that that's what on interior design let's talk about interior design for me that's huge I'm good at it I love it and it's honestly therapeutic for me I love seeing beautiful things it makes me happy so creating beautiful things at home where I live, where I feel most tranquil is a form of expression, but it's also a form of self-love for me. So that's my other way of expressing, but I wouldn't want to have 20,000 clients doing that, right? Because it's, it's the way I see beauty. It's the way I see love for myself. And I can't, I wouldn't be able to live in anywhere in the world where I can't aesthetically create the environment that I want for my peace and my happiness. I love everything you said because you touched upon something that we talk about a lot on the podcast, which is this idea of failing, right? And I'm doing quotes because there really is no such thing as failure. But what you said, like you're doing so many of the things that you love and you would have never known how those things fit into your life if you didn't try them. Right. Like, how are you going to know that you didn't want 20 clients doing interior designing if you didn't start doing interior designing and being like, you know, what, I like this for me, but I don't really know if I like this to be doing it all the time for other people. And I think that that's something that 
we need to talk about because it's like with with the podcast or with you know with anything like you have to just realize like what it is that you love to do and how that fits in your life but also not be afraid of trying new things and knowing that if it doesn't work out the way that you thought that it's not a failure it's actually just redirecting you it's rejection is just redirection and I love that yeah (laughs) yeah you said that and it's so true because you can you should try all these different things and especially you know I don't think there's an age gap for that I think you should try as many things as you want your whole life like you have a whole life to try so many different things and figure out what fits and what doesn't fit and what you like and what you don't like and how it can become a career for you or not a career for you, how it's a hobby for you, how yeah. what it brings into your life. And I think people are just afraid of trying because either they studied something and they just have this mindset of like, I need to do this, which happened to me. I studied, I studied music and I was like, I need to do music. And then when I started doing the podcast, I'm like, I didn't study this though. Like, you know, should I, should I do this? Like, and if I would have let that stop me, we wouldn't be sitting here right now. But I think more people, you know, are starting to realize that you can do many things at once and you can find how those things fit in your everyday life, just like you Yeah, exactly. And also like, let's say about the podcast. You didn't study it, no, but something that you're passionate about. And if you're passionate about it and you have good, let's say, work ethic, your first podcast compared to your 30th podcast is going to be a a complete different podcast because you've learned so much because you're passionate about it that your expertise eventually is going to outweigh somebody who maybe went to school for that, you know? Yeah, and... Not to mention that you can always include the things that you love with each other. Like you were saying, you know, like your fashion sense, like how you love to dress up. Like I have the same thing. I love dressing up. I love like putting on outfits. I love, that's my thing. But that's a part of my artistry when I do a gig. Same Mm -hmm. thing with you when you have to do an audition or when you have to go to on set. Like that's just a part of you and I realize that too with the podcast my intro and my outro song is my song that's instrumental and so it's kind of like you can incorporate all the things that you love together and make it work for you you know like make it be a part of what you do and who you are and what you love you know yeah, so I, I didn't mention, but I'm a published pinot model and I, I've been modeling since I was little. I I dabbled into, I've always wanted to model, but I, I was taller when I was little. So they thought I was going to be tall and I was signed to an agent and everything, but then I stopped growing. I stayed the little length, the little length that I am right now. And I remember my manager back then told me, told my mom, because I was still young, was like, do you understand that if Rita was taller, she'd be a supermodel? So that, yeah, that broke my heart because I'm like, wow, my height is what ruins like a dream of mine, right? And I found that the only way that I can do what I want also model, which is another medium that I am obsessed with, was to become a pinup model because that was all editorial. That was all magazines. It did not matter your height. It mattered your talent. So I've been, I'm published over 30 magazines. It's incredible. Now with, with, I've been able to live my dream in that way. Right. But now with social media, 
you're able to do so much more your height, you know, or your weight. So I do a lot of content creation. I creative direct all my shoots and the photography and everything. And that's another form of art that I love because I creative direct it from conception, from the idea, the lighting, the the what I'm wearing, how my hair is, how my makeup is, just the mood in, in, in general. And it's another way that I am able to create something that the industry wasn't allowing me to do. Now I'm able to do it because of social media, but it's something that I made a lane for myself early on in my 20s because the industry wasn't giving me that lane, but the pinup world was. So you just have to find your lane, see what you like, see what you didn't. And if I would have taken what my manager told me at face value, then I wouldn't be published ever. And I wouldn't be in all these magazines working with all these brands because I would have told myself, I'm short, I will never make it. I mean, I would love to make it even bigger. You know, let's hope the industry... <laughs> is a little bit more inclusive on the runway, you know, a little bit more, but, you know, I, I was able to make my lane. And that's so important because being able to see kind of the distance, you know, like see something in the far distance of what you have in mind, I think is also really important. Like someone might tell you no, but if you know that you love it, you're passionate about it, you have to keep that image in mind. Like you got to keep that vision and not give up and find, like you said, that other lane that maybe no one's talking about, mm -hmm. but it's there. And I forget the author. I, I have to include him in the show notes, but there's an author. I think his name's Alex. And I think his book is called The Third Door. I have to, I have to look it up and include it here, but there's this book and he talks about the third door. And he's basically like, when you're in line to get into a club or, you know, some kind of like elite place, you know, there's their main door where, there's people that are like VIP get in. And there's a second door, which are the more celeb people. It's kind of the side door where no one has to wait and they kind of just are, you know, go in immediately. But then there's the third door that no one talks about or mm -hmm. knows about, but it's always there. You know, either someone that works there or maybe, you know, like you've worked there before. So you know that there's a back entrance, you know, like there's always another door waiting for you that not everyone's talking about, but it's present. And you just have to think about it and realize that there's always a way there. Mm -hmm. There's always a way to that door. And so I love what you said, because it's true. Like you need to, you need to keep your head up and you need to look for the lane that's available that you need, that you can make for yourself. Yeah. I feel like in this industry, because I've dabbled with so much and I've professionally done so many different mediums, I feel like well, I've, I've, this industry is the industry of rejection, right? That's the industry we are in, unfortunately and fortunately, right? Because once there is a rejection, we live our dreams. But on the way to get to your dreams or on the way to get to your, your goal until you have the other goal, there's a lot of rejection in it. And if I would have taken all the rejection that I've had in my life as far as modeling, as far as dancing, as far as acting and fashion clothing line, because it's a male saturated industry that's very difficult for streetwear. I wouldn't have been able to do everything that I've done. You know, um, the opportunities start coming to you. Yeah. And we also always talk about on the show how 
there is no such thing as getting somewhere without failing. There's no such thing. There's no such thing as someone just making it. Like <laughs> something, yeah, like something happened. Like mm-hmm. either someone said no or, you know, there was hardships or there's always something. It's never a linear story. It's always squiggles, always. Yeah. Always, always, always. Which brings me to another point where you say that you believe there's an urgency to speak truth into our lives and to speak faith in the midst of fear. Yeah. Talk a little bit about. I just think in general we're such in a weird industry, as a weird world. I think that we need to speak truth and life into people because the industry is so ugly. Well, the world in general, right? I mean, especially with like cancel culture and all that. I think that's just a terrible atmosphere that we're living in. And I just think that we need to constantly speak hope, love into people, build them up, not break them down. And then also give people empathy. You know, people have bad days. People have ugly days. We all do. People have beautiful days. And and I think that if you are so quick to judge people in that way, the world just gets uglier. You know, and we're all human. So I think you have to speak truth in the beauty of life and in the ugly part of life and let people be ugly sometimes and give them grace, give them empathy. And then also when you see your fellow human broken down because something that has happened or people have treated them another way, you need to help them and see, help them see life differently and bring them up. Honestly, at the end of the day, that's all that matters. Love is the only thing that matters, right? So if we all keep that in our conscious mind, we'll be a little bit more beautiful. (laughs) So we need to speak truth in everything, in the music that we listen to, in the music that we hear, make, in the art that we make or listen, see, and the movies that everything, the movies that we see, we need to just keep speaking truth and be a little bit more human in this world. So that's why I think it's an urgency for all people to do that. And as creators, we hold so much power in this world without realizing it, that we are the people that set the culture. So if we are more conscious about the things that we put out into this world, we will be the leaders of this world because we basically are and we can change the world. It kind of goes hand in hand with this idea of you know, be careful who you're following, be careful Mm -hmm. what you're seeing every day and who you're, you know, really looking at all the Mm -hmm. time, because it could really set your mind to be, to be thinking differently. And, you know, if you're following someone that doesn't really vibe with what you believe in or what you're really working towards, then you don't have to follow them, you know, just, just unfollow and live your life, you know, but spreading the hate doesn't get you anywhere. And I'm a, I'm a true believer in what you said. I think that people have to have more grace. I think people have to be a little more, less judgmental. Like people, people are people. And like you said, they'll have bad days and they'll have great days. And maybe you just got them on a really bad day. And instead of saying like, oh my God, this person is the worst person ever from a one time you saw them being upset and not really even knowing them. Oh my God. Just, just remember that they might just have a bad day and Maybe you need to give them a second chance, you know, meet them in a different way, see them another time. Yeah. We're living in a scary world though, because since everything is, is filmed with cell phones. So if you have one ugly day, the ugly experience that that person is handling at the moment is a buildup 
of a whole bunch of other tiny experiences that maybe happened that day or happened that week, right? People don't just explode to explode. Uh, things happened to get them to that to that point. So yeah, I think we're living in a very scary world because I mean, you can have one ugly day and they get filmed and it goes viral and you're canceled. And that's terrible. If we gave a little bit more grace, we would be able to change this world a little bit more. I think people are so quick to, to judge them and, and honestly bully them on the internet because everything goes viral. Um, and those things should change, I think. <laughs> I agree. I second that. I quadruple that. To finish off here, can you talk a little bit about what you're doing now and what you're focusing on now? What's lighting your, your fire? What's your salsa now? <laughs> things that are happening for you and that you're focusing on. I know that you are um, actively pursuing a lot of different things, which is so beautiful. And I know you talked to me about pursuing your career in film and television. What's that been like as of late? Acting has been amazing. Well, I fully, I fully committed to acting four years ago. What I'm working on right now, well, I just filmed two Lifetime movies. I have, I filmed a few months ago a feature film and a commercial, like a lot of, a lot of things are in the, in the works, but I just got signed by a new manager in LA. And I just switched over representation here in the Southeast region. So I'm very excited. I'm so grateful for my team. And this year and the focus for this year is to be able to, to basically get into rooms that I have not been able to get into because of my new representation and really just make a name for myself in the film industry outside of the Southeast region. And to hopefully, well, no, I'm not gonna say hopefully, to, <laughs> <laughs> no, hopefully take that away. That's yes, limiting. bring it in, bring it in. <laughs> That's limiting. No, to fully live off of my acting career. That's the goal this year. Other than that, it would just be on social media, really just build like a great community together where I can just be, everyone could just be vulnerable with each other and I could just share the things that inspire me. But honestly, my, my goal is to, create the stories, be part of stories that need to be told and to fully live off of my acting career. I see it so clearly for you. It's going to happen. I already know. Thank you. <laughs> I believe that. <laughs> I do. I really, truly believe it because just sitting here with you for the past hour has just been so inspiring to hear how someone is not limiting themselves to doing all the things that they love and they're doing it from a place that from heart you know like it, you can really you can really tell that you do it with all your heart like anything that you do I'm so excited to to continue supporting your journey what's one last thing you would say to someone that is kind of wanting to pursue what you're doing wh whichever part you know either interior designing or fashion or film or any of the things that you mentioned if they're multi-passionate, what yeah. would you say to someone that's listening to this right now? If you're multi-passionate, honestly, just keep doing the things that light you on fire and get rid of the things that do not. Get rid of the things that you feel that are a burden to you. I believe that you can live off of your passions. I fully, fully believe that. And I think I think not believing that is just limiting yourself. I also believe that you have to have it ingrained in your being that that rejection is redirection and what's for you will find you. What's for you will find you. That's something I have to tell myself almost every single day. As long as you're, you're putting the energy 
into this world of what you are trying to achieve, it's a numbers game. It's going to come back to you. The energy is going to come back to you. You're fully giving it like full, wholeheartedly, great, amazing, beautiful, loving energy. It's going to come back to you. It's just a matter of time. Yes, I agree with that. And just like we had said before we started recording, things will knock on your door yes. instead of you having to knock on so many. When things are for you, they're, they're for you. So I love what you said. Thank you so much, Renata, for being here. I'm so excited no, for this. You. Thank you so much. I'm super excited. <laughs> it's been an honor. Oh, thank you. Such a great conversation. Please find the ways that you can support and follow Renata below in the show notes. Here are the takeaways from Renata's episode. Number one, make a lane for yourself. Number two, don't listen to what people say about you or your craft. If you believe in yourself, that's all that matters. Keep going. Number three, don't limit yourself to one thing. Try out all the things you love and interest you. Number four, rejection is redirection. Number five, open your own door next to the one that was closed. Number six, give people more grace. Number seven, keep doing the things that light you on fire and get rid of those things that don't. Number eight, you can live off of your passions. And number nine, what's for you will find you. Before we go, I just wanted to catch you guys up a little bit. So you know how on the show we always talk about the small steps, right? Taking action, one small step a day can really make a difference in the grand scheme of things. Well, I've been doing that for the past six months consistently. Every single day I've taken one action towards the person I want to become or the thing that I'm working towards, like making a better podcast or meditating daily to work on my mental health. Anyway, yesterday my one action was to just share on socials that I was going to be doing another 30 days of taking action starting June 1st. And I decided to extend it to my audience and asked if they wanted to be a part of it with me. And I was so surprised that there are 16 women that want to do this challenge with me. And I just cannot believe that that happened. I've wanted to do something like this for so long where I kind of lead a group of women and we just talk about positive things, we motivate each other and we hold each other accountable. But every time I want to do something like that, I just don't. I hold myself back. I am working on a bunch of different things, but it's mostly just because I just didn't think that anyone would sign up and it's very scary to put yourself out there and then realize that no one cares. But it's also truly special when you put yourself out there and you're proven wrong. And what I loved the most about doing this is that I'm on the same page as them. You know, I'm learning as I go. How I always say on the podcast, I'm like you guys. I'm learning as I go. That's exactly how I did this podcast. One action at a time and just figuring out the steps I needed to take in order to make it happen. So starting June 1st, I'm leading a group of 16 women to take actions to the things that they want to accomplish or the life that they want to have, the person that they want to become, just one step every single day. And I'm so excited to see what comes of it and the progress we make in 30 days. The greatest thing about taking one action is that I have personally felt that it really has taken off the pressure of doing all the things I need to do. I look at the to-do list and there's too many things. You know, you can't do everything at once. And so the one action a day has made it easy for me and maybe for everyone else now that I'll be leading them in, in this, but just one action a day is doable. 
you know, one action a day can motivate you to keep going. You know, you see that you were able to do one thing, so you say, okay, I'll just do another thing. And sometimes it's just that one thing a day. And that's such a huge accomplishment because taking one step a day is closer than taking no steps a day. And that is something that has helped me just tremendously mentally, physically, emotionally, everything, professionally, in all the ways of my life, this has helped me because even if I don't take one action towards, you know, making this a better podcast, I do take an action towards taking care of my mental health or taking care of my body. And so it's just one action a day for whatever you need, whatever you want. I used to look at the entire picture. I would look too far in the distance and I also would look at the entire list, you know, and that would make me freeze, which would make me not act, which then made me feel bad about myself, right? Because I would I would say or think, I didn't do anything today or, oh, you know, another day gone until I started doing this, the one action a day and it just transformed so many areas of my life and so I wanted to share that with everyone else. I'm really excited to start on June 1st and I think I'm gonna do this again if all goes well with this first group. I think I'm gonna open it again so if you are interested in being a part of the next 30-day challenge with me of taking one action a day please send me a message. DM me at Drea Lopez without the Ian Lopez on Instagram or at The Journey of Pursuit and we can start a conversation. You can also check out my website, which is linked below. If not, it's just DreaLopez.com. And you can also check out all the information about the episodes and things I work on and all that there. Thank you so much, as always, for supporting me, for being here, for listening, for sharing, for reviewing, for rating for all the things. Truly, I couldn't be here without you guys. So thank you so much. The podcast grows every single week because of you guys. And that is just amazing to me because like I said, this started from one tiny action and now we're here. We're still here. We're almost at episode 50 and that that's insane. That's so cool. So great. I'm so proud and so happy of this show. So thank you so much. This is as much yours as it is mine. I'll see you guys here next time. Ciao.